If I'd been there, I'm sure I'd want to have raised my hand. Excuse me, Moses. Excuse me. Why are you saying this to us? I was only 12 when these things that you're talking about happened, and most of the rest of us weren't even born. It was our parents who did these things, not us. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Peck, and Colin, that sounds very like what some of us older ones hear from our kids' generation. Why is that our problem? This was stuff our parents did. Yeah, the uh, place we're at in the Bible story is the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy. God's people have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. A whole generation has died in the desert, and so Moses is now addressing the younger generation who will go on to enter the Promised Land. And he says to them, now, you have been here too long. <laughs> well, you know, it was the older generation that had all died off, really, that were responsible for not having the faith to go into the promised land earlier. But of course, the point here is what's in our parents is in us as well. We all have to fight the battle against the impulse to unbelief that lurks within every human life. And how we can overcome that, well, that's what we're going to look at in the scriptures together today. So we're in Deuteronomy chapter 1, coming on to the end of the chapter now as we begin the message, Change the Future by Owning the Past. Here's Colin. Now, I hope you have your Bible open at Deuteronomy. Last week, we really answered the question, what does this book have to do with us today? And we saw that the book of Deuteronomy is really about how people with a faith become people with a mission. This is the word that God spoke through Moses to his people on the very verge of the land of Canaan. God is telling them, giving them, what it takes to break free from the habits of the past and to enter into something that is new. And that is why we have called this series, Take to the Power of a Fresh Start. Now, if you have your Bible open at the first chapter, you may recall from verse 6 that the book begins with a flashback. Picture this. Moses is with the people camped on the verge of the River Jordan. They're about to go into the land of Canaan. And from verse 6 of chapter 1, Moses goes back and tells the story of what has happened in the last 40 years. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, that was 40 years before, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. And then he tells the story, as we saw last time, of how the people rebelled against God. They refused to trust in him. They declined to go into the land of Canaan and therefore 40 years were wasted wandering in the desert. After 40 years, we saw last time that all the men who were of fighting age, all the men, what's fighting age? I'm going to call that 18 years and older, okay? Let's just use that as a figure. All the men 18 years and older, all the men of fighting age at the time of the Exodus, the time of Mount Sinai, all of them died in the desert during the next 40 years. So I I want you to get the picture because it's very important for us to understand the message from God's word uh, today. Let's assume that fighting age is 18 and work this out. If everybody over 18 is dead after 40 years, then nobody over the age of 58 is alive. Are you with me? 
Okay, let's just think about this. Think about the implications of this with me. Everyone aged 18 and older at Mount Sinai, all the folks 18 and older at the time of the Exodus when they came out of Egypt, they've all died. After 40 years, the 18-year-olds, that's the youngest of them, would be 58. So 58 is the oldest person in the nation. You're 58, you're a geriatric, as far as this generation is concerned. All the adults that came out of Egypt, all the adults who were standing there at Mount Sinai when God gave his law, all of them died in the desert. None of them entered into the promised land. And we saw that last week in chapter 2 and uh, verse 15. What that means is that the children at the time of the Exodus, those who were just young, uh, all those who were under the age of 18 at the time of Mount Sinai, they're going to have moved up and they're going to be between the ages of 40 and 58. Imagine that. A nation where the oldest is 58 years of age. And the 40 to 58-year-olds, they can think about 40 years ago. What is that? That's 1970. What do you remember about 1970? Is it vivid for you? You know? Those who are 40 years old and, and over, they only have vague memories of these events uh, according to the stage that they were at in life 40 years ago. The vast majority of the people, thirdly, third observation, were obviously under the age of 40. They were born to parents who then died fairly young in the desert. So this is a young nation. No one really over 60 with the exception of Moses, who's now over 100, and Caleb and Joshua, these guys must have been having a major experience of a generation gap. Can you imagine being Moses over 100 and the next guys are 58? Huge gap. This missing generation, those who have died in the desert. Now, I just want to make really sure we've all got this and that we're all together before we move on because it's, it's key to understanding this part of the scripture, I believe. How many of you here today are under the age of 40? Let's have a show of hands. All the under 40s, okay? Everyone under 40. Now, you are the ones who were born in the desert. You weren't alive at the time of the Exodus. You were born in the desert. Let's have the 40 to 58-year-olds. I'm in that group. All the ones who are 40 to 50, come on, uh, hands up, very good. There's a good number of us here. Okay, we were there at Mount Sinai, but most of us were very young. 40 years ago, I was 12. So I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of these guys. What would I remember from all of these events? And those of you who are over 58, Thank God today that you were not in the generation that was in the desert, the generation that came out of Egypt, because you wouldn't be alive if you were in that generation. Thank God for his gift of life to you. Now, we've got it clear in our minds. Look at chapter 1, verse 6, please. When Moses says, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. He's talking about what happened 40 years ago. 
when most of the people weren't even born and many of the rest were too young to remember. Now I want you to look at verse 26, which is the beginning of our passage for today. And I want to see if you notice something that is obviously very strange. Verse 26, you were unwilling to go up. Verse 26, you rebelled against the Lord. Verse 27, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. Verse 32, you did not trust in the Lord your God. Now, you see where I'm going with this. The obvious question is, why in the world is Moses saying this to them? If I'd been there, I'm sure I'd want to have raised my hand. Excuse me, Moses. Excuse me. Why are you saying this to us? I was only 12 when these things that you're talking about happened, and most of the rest of us weren't even born. It was our parents who did these things, not us. How can you say, Moses, we refused to go up? Why are you saying, Moses, that we were the ones who grumbled? It wasn't us who did these things. It was our parents. That's what I'd want to say to him, wouldn't you? So why is Moses saying this? Is he blaming the children for the sins of the parents? No, God never does that. He is teaching the children to learn from the parents. The message here is very simple, and Moses is making it plain. Understand this, folks, that what was in your parents is also in you. You will face the same temptations, the same struggles that they did. What defeated them, you now have to overcome in your time, in your life, and in your experience. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Change the Future by Owning the Past. It's part of our series, Take Two, The Power of the Fresh Start. And if you've missed any of the series or you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. Or you can find us as a podcast if that's an easier way to keep up with Pastor Colin's teaching. You can find that on your regular podcast site. Just search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Here's Colin. Understand this, folks, that what was in your parents is also in you. You will face the same temptations, the same struggles that they did. What defeated them, you now have to overcome in your time, in your life, and in your experience. And that is why I've called the message from Deuteronomy today, Changing the Future by Owning the Past. What is this past that they must own? What is it that's in these people that also was in their parents and also is in us that we must overcome? I want you to see that from the passage that's in front of me. So let me offer to you from the scriptures here six impulses that are in you as they are in me by nature. Six impulses that are in you as they are in me by nature. 
They're all right here in front of you in the scripture. Number one, verse 26. By nature, I rebel against God. Now, I mean me, and I mean you. By nature, I rebel against God. You were unwilling to go up, he says to this younger generation. You rebelled, rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. See, what this means is that our corruption... The effect of sin in you and the effect of sin in me is deeper than a few sins and a few mistakes. By nature, I resent God. By nature, I resist his authority over my life. By nature, it is my nature, my old nature, to want to assert my independence from God. I want by nature to be my own savior. I want by nature to be my own Lord. By nature, I rebel against God. Second, by nature, I treat God with contempt. Verse 27, you grumbled in your tents and you said, the Lord hates us. Isn't that striking? So that's why he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites. He was just out to destroy us. Now think about this. The deliverance from Egypt is this miracle of God's grace. And these people are treating the miracle of God's grace by which they've been brought out of slavery with absolute contempt. They're so twisted that they have the idea that God's miraculous deliverance is some kind of plot to do them harm. And this is me. This is me by nature. I I treat God with contempt. By nature, what, what I do, by nature, what we do is that we hold back praise to God for his goodness and we apportion blame to God whenever we experience evil. By nature, I say, here I am in the desert and it's all God's fault. You recognize that? By nature, I insult God. By nature, I treat the abundant goodness of God with contempt. Number three, by nature, I blame others. Verse 28, notice what they say. Our brothers have made us lose heart. So it's always the brother's fault, isn't it? They say, they say that the people are stronger and taller than we are. The reference here, of course, is to the spies coming back and the spies who brought this negative report and brought discouragement to the people. And now the people are saying, well, it's all the spies' fault. They're, they're the ones that discouraged us. Not my fault, it's the spies. By nature, you recognize this? I, I blame others for all my problems. By nature, what's wrong is always everyone else's fault. By nature, in the words of the Lord Jesus, I see a speck of dust in the eye of my neighbor when I cannot see a plank of wood in my own eye. I blame others. Number four, by nature, I I resist the truth. Look at verse 29. Here's Moses speaking to the people, and they're, they're afraid, and he says, Now don't be terrified. Don't be afraid of them, that's the Canaanites. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you just as he did in Egypt and in the desert. Haven't you seen how God bears you up as a father carries his own son? And Moses is pleading with the people here. They're full of fear. And so what does Moses do? As a prophet, he pours the word of God into their lives. 
But it makes no difference. These folks hear the word of God and it's just like water off a duck's back. It never goes in. It doesn't change them. In spite of this, verse 32, you did not trust the Lord your God. But by nature, I am always hearing the word of God, but never really understanding. I'm always seeing God at work, but I never perceive it. I resist the truth by nature. Number five, by nature, I refuse to believe. Verse 32, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you. This is the reality of our sinful nature. This is the reality of our fallen condition. By nature, I am suspicious of God. By nature, I hold back from full devotion to him. By nature, I do not trust him. And here's God. He is beside these people. He's walking with them in the pillar of cloud and in the pillar of fire. And yet they refuse to believe. Now, you see what this is telling us, folks? None of us is neutral when it comes to this matter of faith. You're not neutral when it comes to the matter of faith. No one is. By nature, I am antagonistic towards God, and so are you. By nature, we are unwilling to believe. And that leads to the sixth thing here. By nature, I am under the wrath of God. Verse 34, it's so clear. When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, not a man of this evil generation will see the good land that I swore to your forefathers. And none of them did. What this is telling me is that by nature, I am alienated from God and by nature I am justly under his wrath. There is a heaven, but folks, by nature it's not for me and by nature it's not for you either. By nature I have no basis on which to enter into the land of promise that is full of God's good things. And Moses is saying so clearly here, now folks, understand this, all of this was in your parents, but don't think it stopped there because all of it's in you. That's the message. Makes you want to weep, doesn't it? But folks, this is the human condition. This is by nature my condition. This is by nature your condition. This is who we are. And it crosses all the economic differences between us, all the cultural and racial differences between us. This is who we are by nature. This is what sin has done to us. And this is what we need saving from. The gospel will always be like water off a duck's back to you until you grasp the extent of what you need saving from. Now this raises an obvious question. If everything, think about it, if everything that kept your parents out of Canaan is also in you, 
if everything that kept them out is also in you, then what hope is there of you ever getting into the promised land? That's the question, isn't it? If all that kept them out now is also in me, what hope is there of me ever getting in? When you see the human condition, when you see yourself before God as you really are by nature, that is the question. Do you see yourself here? See, maybe you would say with me right now, yeah, I see myself here. I see that in my very nature, I am totally messed up. I see that I'm a rebel against God. I see that I treat his mercy with contempt. I see how I live blaming others for everything that's wrong in my life. I see how much I resist the truth, however much I hear it. I see how I'm a person who, for all the professions of faith that have been made, actually refuses to trust God in the reality of life. I see that I am under the wrath of God. So now what hope is there for me? That's the question, isn't it? That is the question, and we'll hear the answer to the question on our next broadcast. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Change the Future by Owning the Past. When you think about your faith, maybe you realize you've been shaped and influenced by Christians around you as you grew up. Maybe your parents or others you look to for spiritual leadership. But now God may be calling you personally into a new area of faith and action. And Deuteronomy contains an important message for you and anyone you know who is in the same position. I hope you'll stay with us as we continue with Pastor Colin's series, Take Two, The Power of the Fresh Start. If you've missed any of the series, you can always catch up or go back and listen again on our website. Come to openthebible.org.uk. Also on our website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily, a series of short two to three minute reflections, a fresh one every day, based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. So Sue, what's January's Open the Bible Daily all about? It's all about the book of Deuteronomy. I suppose it's a book we don't often look back at. Pastor Colin is reflecting on it in January, but there's a little bit more coming again in February, so it's that important. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. That's people exactly like you. We'd love to encourage you to give a regular donation. This is very helpful for the work of Open the Bible, which spreads the teaching of Pastor Colin Smith around the world. If you've been blessed by Colin's teaching and you want to set up a new regular donation, we'd love to thank you by giving you a gift. In return for setting up a new donation in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'll send you a copy of a book, It's called Psalms by the Day, and it's by Bible scholar Alec Mottier. Colin, how would we benefit from reading this book? Well, I expect that folks will often have had the experience of feeling that you've read something from the Bible, but you've really only scratched the surface. And uh, I've found this book to be really helpful in a deeper understanding of the richness of the book of Psalms, which I think is one of the most wonderful books in in all of the Bible. Alec Mateer is a wonderful Bible teacher and a marvelous and faithful scholar now with the Lord. He gives his own translation of the Psalms. 
And that brings out meaning that you might not immediately see just in a first reading of the Psalms in the Scripture. For example, Psalm 1 begins by talking about the blessed man who is planted by rivers of water. And Alec Mateer makes the point that that word planted actually has the meaning of transplanted. Now, that opens up a whole new world, doesn't it? I mean, that I've been taken from one place and I've been rooted in another. That is what God in his grace and in his mercy has done for me. He's transplanted me by streams of living water so that even when hard times come, the leaves will not wither. That, that's beautiful. Well, there's just one example from Psalm 1. There are 150 Psalms, and this book is over 400 pages. It's a beautiful resource, a rich resource that folks will really enjoy. I treasure it, and I'm delighted that we have the opportunity of sharing it this month. Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book to thank you for setting up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and for Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll be able to join us next time. It's the time of year to turn over a new leaf, but that won't change what's in you. Find out what will next time on Open the Bible.